You're listening to Huddle Up, a football podcast. Each week, Tony Dyer leads the huddle and tackles the hottest topics around the NFL. He's joined by guests from all around the football world, bringing their insights and reactions to the news and noise of the National Football League. Subscribe now to join the huddle. Welcome back to another Thursday edition of Huddle Up, a football podcast recorded on a Wednesday. I'm Tony. I'm joined by Daniel. Welcome in, Daniel. Oh, Corey doesn't have internet. Uh, was it? Did he say it was a fiber line? What was the line that got cut? Yeah, uh, yeah, I think so. He doesn't have fiber lines. What he said. Yep, no internet. Hadn't had it for days, and he's supposed to get it tomorrow. But we're not waiting until tomorrow, which would actually be Thursday, because we do the show on a Wednesday. It's hard to explain. If you haven't been here for a while, you wouldn't know. You wouldn't get it. <laughs> it's a Thursday show recorded on a Wednesday. Man, yep. that is tough. That's tough to it's tough, tough to grasp. It's tough to grasp, but that's the way it works around here. <laughs> Used to be recorded on Thursday, by the way. The pandemic really fucked everybody's schedule up. Anyway, um, we have just like what two more weeks until the regular season begins. Is that right? Mm-hmm. Can't wait. Yeah, I can't believe wait. so. Can't yep. wait at all. There's only three weeks of preseason now, and we're in the last week of preseason. There's a break, right? NFL has a break between the last week of preseason. It's like a bye week built in, yeah? Yeah, and then kickoff's on a Thursday, and then everybody else gets, you know, another few days, and then it it goes on a Sunday. So, yeah, there's, I think there's more than a week break, really. Speaking of kickoff, uh, and in honor of Corey, let's talk about the Colts for a second. Did you you see that uh, Rodrigo, it was Rodrigo, right, with the tourneys? Rigoberto. Rigoberto, not Rodrigo. Rigoberto. Sanchez. Hunter for the Indianapolis Colts. Uh, torn Achilles, really, really sucks. Uh, did you they see? They signed a new punter today. They signed a new punter, formerly of Buffalo. Did you see Pat McAfee's response to all this? No. He was thinking about coming back. I really? believe a hundred percent. I a hundred percent think he was just waiting on the phone call. And no he, way. Yes, I believe it. I believe it. After watching the show, which Melissa and I watch the show uh, when we eat dinner, like that's our sh- that's our show that we watch what we eat. Um, and wow. based on everything that he said, clearly there were some hurdles, like, like getting through the drug test, right? He mentioned, uh, like, yeah. like he mentioned that, right? It is what it is. Um, but he had talked about how, you know, fate and how things just line up and happen. And he happened to be at camp with the Colts recently. And for some reason, it was the first time in years he picked up a football and kicked it. And then he kicked like 30 footballs, like Two weeks ago, he was kicking footballs with the Colts players. Like, it's just crazy, you know. I, I do think he was thinking about it. Obviously, that ship has sailed. Uh, there's, there's no sense in, in signing a free agent and then asking somebody to come out of retirement. Uh, he also mentioned that the Colts still have the rights for Pat McAfee. So all they would have to do is say the word, and apparently there wouldn't even be a contract. It'd be bing bong. He's back. I don't know. Like, crazy. Crazy. He's not back. Uh, but I at least wanted to talk about it because I thought it was cool. I thought that was cool news. Um, which is no news at this point. <laughs> Are you in? Could be cool, so, cool fake news. So here's my question. If Pat McAfee returned to the Indianapolis Colts, would you be in or out? I would be all in, baby. Really? Yes. Why wouldn't you be? Well, he's, what, three years removed. He says he's in the best shape of his life, but kind of looks a little chunky. Yeah, there you go. Best shape of his life. He, uh, he's a punter. 
He's a punter. He's not a receiver. There's no game speed. So you would be in. I would be in too. It'd be exciting. It'd sell a bunch of tickets. A whole fucking shitload of jerseys would get sold. And Pat oh, McAfee yeah. would become a billionaire instead of a millionaire. Uh, that's what we're going to talk about today. Are you in or are you out? We can look at it from the fantasy perspective. NFL football. I don't care. Do it however you, Look at this however you want to. I, th- I do think they tie together. Obviously, um, there will be differences uh, between the two uh, lenses, I suppose. But let's just go ahead and throw it all together. And are you in or are you out? So we'll each nominate a player. We'll talk about it. I've got three or four. Daniel's got three or four. We'll knock out a half hour here and be on our way. What do you think? I love it. Most of mine are geared more towards fantasy. Okay. Some, some are, you know, some could be uh, construed as in or out just in, in general. Okay. Yeah. Do you have any Colts players? No. Do you have anybody in the AFC South? Nope. Anybody in the AFC? Yes. There's your transition. Pat McAfee would return to the Indianapolis Colts and the AFC South team. <laughs> Daniel is up first with another AFC team that is not in the same division. Go oh ahead. Oh, my gosh. Great segue. Yeah. Anyway, so because mine is fantasy-related, I, I kind of tend to just gravitate towards some guys that I think might be overdrafted. Um, so... Naturally, you and I draft the same way, so I feel like we're going to have the same opinion on this. Uh, the quarterback one usually goes pretty early, and typically that has been Patrick Mahomes. But here as of late, Josh Allen, who finished as the quarterback one last year, who is also part of the Buffalo Bills that are the Super Bowl favorites this year, high-flying offense, he could pass and rush. He had 4,400 and 36 through the air last year, 36 touchdowns, and another 763 on the ground, six more touchdowns rushing. So obviously that would put up QB1 numbers, but his average draft position in fantasy leagues is the third round, second pick in the third round. So Tony, fantasy-wise, because we are all in on Josh Allen as the guy, I'm assuming, uh, for the NFL, but fantasy wise, that's too high for you, right? That's way too high for me. I'm looking down the yeah. list. Um, I guess my big stick here, just to just to get ahead of this, is my belief is that the disparity between quarterback one and quarterback eight is not great enough to justify spending the early pick on it. When you compare the wide receiver, the running back, the tight end, those are the other players you're considering in those early rounds, right? Uh, let's say just let's just say wide receiver or running back. The disparity between drafting a running back at the 107 or the 109 or the 111. Let's say you're at the back of the first round, and you could draft a running back there, but instead you take a quarterback. Now you have to wait seven more picks, and the problem is so many more running backs are taken, and the disparity between those running backs that are now available to you, you're losing points. It's a net loss. It's you're guaranteed to lose those points. I look at uh, Josh Allen's, okay, so these are sleepers, uh, sleepers projections, which I know are garbage, right? You can't, you can't bank on these projections. You never know. Sleeper projects Josh Allen to score 371 fantasy points this season. He's the first quarterback at the 22nd overall player. So they're saying he should go at the back of the second round. We all know. Which is where I've seen him. We all know. I'm surprised his his ADP dropped to the third round. He's going to go earlier than that. But anyway. They're saying he belongs at the back of the second round. However, look all the way down to, what, Kyler Murray? 
30 picks mm-hmm. later, they project Kyler Murray will only score 20 fewer points. Yeah, that's huge. I mean, that's 30 picks later. Think of all the players that are gone. That's two picks, by the way, for your team. So, and that's the argument that I'm making is I could take two of these higher-end running backs, and in exchange, I have to settle with Kyler Murray. We don't know what we're going to get out of any of these guys. But I know that the disparity at the quarterback position is insignificant compared to the other skill positions. So I don't know if I just... Assuming one, assuming one quarterback leagues. Assuming one quarterback leagues. Correct. Correct. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Everything changes in Superflex or two quarterback. I, I, yeah, right. I apologize. Yeah. But yeah, I'm, I'm with you. I was, I was kind of thinking about the idea, like what if I'm there early third round... You know, and I've already drafted two really good running backs. Nope. And there's some solid wide receivers, you know, in, in the rounds of four, five, six, seven that I really, really like this year. You know, there was temptation there just because I'm a probability guy. And when I look at the top five quarterbacks and, you know, basically their risk, you know, you have Lamar Jackson, you know, what I consider a top five this year, Jalen Hurts. Kyler Murray. I mean, they all have injury risk because they're all rushing quarterbacks, but they all kind of have gone up and down a little bit in their careers so far. They're all pretty young, but the probability that Josh Allen finishes as the number one or two quarterback this year is, is way higher than anybody else in the entire league, in my opinion. And it used to be Patrick Mahomes, but you know, he lost Tyree kill and now Juju is hurt. And so we don't know what's going to happen there. There's a lot of ambiguity, but I don't know. I was, I was kind of growing on the idea, but overall I, when I'm in the moment in the draft, I think exactly like you did, you know, why, why take him early when I could load up on more positions that I could start more of because they're more valuable. You have to have ample running backs and, you know, gobs of wide receivers too, but you can always stream throughout the year. And I, I think I heard a stat one time, that there was like 40 something quarterback one finishes, you know, um, in in a single year. So that includes like injuries and then new guys coming in. And then, I mean, there's only 32 teams, but 40 something guys finished, you know, quarterback one. So there's a lot of opportunity at quarterback to, to wait. So I, I'm, I believe I'm out as well, but I, I was growing on the idea just because Josh Allen to me, seems so safe. And just to clarify on that, when you say quarterback one, for anybody that's newer to the podcast, when we say 40 guys finished quarterback one, obviously it would be fucking impossible for 40 players to finish as the QB one in the 17 game season. So, right. Yeah. So we don't mean clarifying as a quarterback one, not the quarterback one. Correct. We mean a top 12. When we say QB one, we mean a top 12 quarterback or RB one. That's a top 12. Unless we say the QB one. That, that's the difference. Yeah, industry standard yes. is, yeah. And then a quarterback two would be, you know, 13 through 24. You know, it's just, just how it is. I don't know how that got started, but. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. But uh, yeah, I think we're both out on, out on Josh Allen as fantasy average draft position, but definitely in on him. And as far as like believer, you know, NFL can carry him. I mean, I think they're going to the AFC championship game at least this year. Yeah, for sure. It wouldn't be surprising. I'm in on Josh Allen in the NFL. I'm out on Josh Allen in fantasy. And it's not because I don't believe it. It's because I'm not going to pay for it. Um, Right. Which is going to contradict, you know, my next, I'm going to go ahead and I'm going to name 
two players here. Um, because I do believe in having a positional advantage, especially in non-superflex leagues. Travis Kelsey has historically been a, what, top five wide receiver in the tight end position? <laughs> yeah, right? really. I mean, that's what, what, last four or five years? That's the truth. I mean, I think that's an actual I truth. think he's finished as the tight end one like the last at least four. And I think maybe five years in a row. And when you compare him with his yardage and his scoring to other wide receivers, he's neck and neck with the elite of that position group also. He's a player that over the last couple of years, I've been drafting late in the first round and building an entire team around him because I talked about the positional disparity at the quarterback position. Well, for as deep as the quarterback pool is in a one-quarterback league, the tight end pool is incredibly shallow. My belief is if I can capture one of those top-performing tight ends, a set-it-and-forget-it guy, I'm good to go. I'm gravy. I don't got to worry about nothing, right? I don't know that I'm as in on Travis Kelsey as I normally would be, especially considering that he's still being drafted, still at the back of the first round. Sleeper has him at 13 ADP, so that'd be the first pick of the second round. Oh, that's where he's gone the last several years. Uh, and, and you could argue that he'd have more of the target share now. Tyreek's gone. You can't argue that. There's something about it that just starts to concern me, and I think what concerns me more than anything else, I'll go back to positional disparity. There's a guy out there that I really, really like. I like him more than I ever thought I would. And it's Kyle Pitts. He's projected to be drafted as a 30th pick. So what that tells me is if I passed on Travis Kelsey, I could take a guy like a Stephon Diggs and still have Kyle Pitts. What are your thoughts on Kelsey and Pitts? Take it and run. So... For me, when I'm staring down Travis Kelsey, it's really, you know, all leagues are different. And I think the fewer amount of teams that you're drafting in the league, you know, like say if you're in a 12 to 14 team league, uh, most teams are going to struggle with tight end. And so I think it mostly gets lost in the shuffle a little bit more. And I would be more willing to pass on Travis Kelsey. But when you get in like a eight to 10 team league, I think it becomes even more important because then it really becomes who's got the positional advantage, like you said. Because if you want to be one of the top teams, you're going to have to have one of those strong tight ends. And so if I was in a 10-team league and I was back at the first round and say I'm in the position to where I like a couple guys and they're already off the board and I'm kind of just going back and forth, absolutely I would consider Travis Kelsey, especially, and I know he's getting up there in age, but tight ends... They seem to, you know, they seem to stay in their prime a little bit longer than other positions. But, you know, say, say you can get Travis Kelsey and then finish it off with a running back, and then, and then you've got wide receivers galore, you know, in those in those middle rounds. Like I was saying, I I I, I don't know. It it I so, have to be on the spot. And I drafted Travis. We were in a we were in a league last year, the work league, and I was in a spot. I was in a position, yep. and I was late first, yep. and I took Travis Kelsey. I remember. And I had a great team, and if, if it wasn't for a trade— Oh, here's the complaints. Block, no, 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 no. Here no. come the excuses. If it wasn't—no, no, no. It's not an excuse. I, I'm telling—I'm backing up your argument. If it wasn't for a blockbuster trade to you that, like, stacked your team— you know, I didn't even get to face you in the in the fantasy championship, but the seating would have been different and all that because you 
you coasted to the championship after that. But I had a great year set up, and I, I built it around Travis Kelsey. So there is a way to do that. You just have to, you just have to kind of have to maneuver your way through the year. Uh, but I, I had great teams last year. I had two teams with Travis Kelsey, and I took him in the late first round. Um, and that was with Tyreek Hill. So like I said, there's even more of a reason maybe to draft him this year with the target share that he's going to receive. You have a lot of question marks outside of Travis Kelsey on that offense. You know, we so, do we do have a lot of question marks there. And, you know, I watched the last preseason game. We talked We talked about Kansas City a lot recently, and we've talked about them – potentially slipping backwards in division about being lost amongst their peers. And, and I still think all that's true as a team. I don't think they've done things they need to do to keep up, but I watched, I watched that game though. And I'm telling you what, man, it's like you take a couple weeks off football and you forget how fucking good Patrick Mahomes is. Yeah. It's like, they're just haven't skipped a beat, man. It's like, it doesn't matter. Literally, I swear to fucking God, me, you, and Corey could be out there catching footballs, and Patrick Mahomes would find a way to get us the football. The three yep. of us. I'm not joking. Like, I'm, I'm saying that, like, as a joke, but I, I'm not joking. Like, I'm absolutely uh, it's, not it's joking. It's like people that are worried about Aaron Rodgers without Devontae Adams. It's like, yeah. you, you watch the guy play. It just doesn't work <laughs> that way. Yeah. So you're but, in. Uh, Kyle Pitts-wise. You're in Kyle on Pitts-wise. Kelsey. Are you, are no, you more I, in on Pitts? So here's the thing. Regardless of all that I just said, I am more in on Kyle Pitts than I am Travis Kelsey this year. Just because this year it seems to be a running back early and then get your wide receivers in the middle rounds and and take your shot at, at some guys maybe in the middle rounds. It's not maybe a let's get cute in the first couple rounds because the running backs dry up so fast and there's less and less bell cows. And so it's kind of situational, but I think I am out on drafting Travis Kelsey early this year. You know, if I was even mid, if I was even like back of this or, you know, um, back of the first and I had to pick, you know, 11 and 12 and Travis Kelsey was still there. I'm probably passing on him because guys like Kyle Pitts are emerging. You know, Mark Andrews finished as the number one tight end last year. I, I mentioned earlier, you know, four, four out of the last five or whatever it was years, Mark Andrews finished as the number one. And Mark Andrews was drafted like two rounds later than Travis Kelsey last year. And, you know, you have guys later like, you know, Cole Komet, who's kind of working his way into the mix of, of target share. Um, you have guys like Dalton Schultz, who's going to be going to have to be more of the offense. Um, and even guys that are relatively unknown for now, they're going to be on great offenses like Gerald Everett. You know, I, I'm more in on Kyle Pitts. Did you see the other day when um, Kyle Pitts was in the game uh, out wide? Yes. Uh, versus a DB, you burned know, him. That was one of the things Marcus I was going to bring up. Yeah. Way under threw him. I mean, Marcus Mariota is going to be his downfall. If he does not have a good year, it's because of Marcus Mariota. Marcus Mariota looks because, good. Yeah, except for that underthrown ball, Pitts was streaking for the end zone. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He had to slow down and catch it on his hip, yeah, and he yeah. still had the guy beat, but still. Yeah, I mean, just looking at Kyle Pitts only on that play, the guy is an absolute monster. So I I am 100% in on Kyle Pitts. We looked at it before the show. Kyle Pitts was a 1,000-yard receiver his rookie year in the NFL as a tight end. That doesn't happen. Calvin Ridley is suspended for the entire year. By the way, let's talk about Calvin Ridley for a second. 
this has actually been bothering me for several weeks now. I want to talk about why Calvin Ridley should be suspended for an entire year for betting on his own team while he was away from the team uh, and, and, and how important that is. Here's the facts. I can make this short, guys. We all, maybe not all of us, okay, not everybody listening to this show bets on sports. Many of us do. It's kind of taken fire, right, With between FanDuel and DraftKings and Caesars. and like, Now you can go about anywhere and almost in any state. There are some states you can't. And I'm sorry for those states. But for the most part, betting on NFL sports is accessible to the average person. And the NFL is far and away the most popular game in the United States of America. It just is. It just has become that. So here's the reality. Imagine a world where people have millions. I'm talking about millions of dollars of bets in. It's not $20, guys. I bet $20. You bet $20, Daniel bets $20, and now there's millions of dollars in the pool. What if I'm exaggerating? Hundreds of thousands of dollars. So now I'm trying to downplay this to prove my point. And then we have a guy like Calvin Ridley, who honestly I don't think did anything wrong. In this scenario, I don't think Calvin Ridley did anything malicious. I don't think he did anything spiteful or hateful or was trying to hurt the books, but here is the fucking reality. What kind of connections does Calvin Ridley have to the NFL that you and I don't have? What kind of connections does he have to the players, to the coaches, to the referees? Yeah, what if he was betting on player props, you know? Like, someone's a part of the game plan, and nobody else knows it, and it's a guy that's relatively unknown, but he bets on, you know, receptions and bets a ton on it. A guy like Calvin Ridley, and I say Calvin Ridley's name because he's the one that bet, but it could be Calvin Ridley, it could be Julio Jones, it could be Marcus Mariota. It could be Andrew Luck. It could be, you know, I'll keep naming players. Like any of them could destroy the book. And if you destroy the book, you destroy the integrity of not only of the betting, but you could potentially destroy the integrity of the game. I wish it wasn't a full year suspension for what Calvin Ridley went through, what he did. I wish it wasn't. I wish it didn't have to be, but it has to be. And we had a lot of talk. We didn't talk on the show a lot about Cal- about. Um, Deshaun Watson. We tried to let that stuff go away. I've seen a lot of stuff on the internet about how Deshaun Watson's suspension is less severe than Calvin Ridley's, and that's fucking crazy to me. The truth is, Deshaun Watson's suspension affects, like, his actions affected himself. They affected the Houston Texans, and now they affect the Cleveland Browns. They don't leave a black mark on the league. And when a player, an NFL player, bets on sports... It puts a black mark on the league. And that's the end of it. I guess that's, what, that's my soapbox. I'll get off of that. We'll probably never talk about this ever again. Um, but the point of all this was Calvin Ridley will not be there. Kyle Pitts will. Kyle Pitts will probably line up on the outside. As a wide receiver, he'll be the biggest son of a bitch on the field. And I'm excited about it. I'm in on Kyle Pitts. The point is, at the average draft position, I would much rather have Kyle Pitts than Travis Kelsey. Which is, which is what? What was Kyle Pitts' average draft? position uh 30 so that's seven okay. that's 17 I mean, picks it's, after kelsey it's, it's creeping up there still but yeah hopefully he slides to you know into the, in the like top of the fourth round just I'd, a few more picks yeah, i'd that take would be him so much more comfortable i'd take him anywhere in the third very happily anyway done with the soapbox sorry about that <laughs> all good um 
talking about a guy that's going to be out of the league for a while. This is a guy that's been out of the league since um, mid-2020 that I want to ask you about. Michael Thomas. He's 29 years old now all of a sudden. Um, His average draft position is in the seventh round, mid-seventh round. Okay, he only played seven games in 2020. He was the wide receiver one, the wide receiver one in 2019. Um, Have you heard this new saga on his um, injury? I've heard there's a hamstring injury. I haven't heard a saga. Yeah, so let me, I'll I'll read this to you. Um, So Adam Schefter tweets, Saints wide receiver Michael Thomas is dealing with a little bit of a hamstring issue, according to the head coach, and sat out practice. So then Michael Thomas replies to Adam Schefter and says, since the media already chirping, let me clear things up. Okay, these are his words. Get ready. I'm completely fine. Yes, my hamstring snapped and is no longer connected to my body. What? But I don't need no strings to play this kid's game, especially not the ham kid. I mean, this is Antonio Brown Jr. right here. I mean... (laughs) <laughs> this is you're making like, this up when was no, this i am not this was a tweet he replied to it <laughs> i can't tell you i think it was on monday oh my but god i'm dead serious i'm looking right at it so whether or not he is making fun of people saying his hamstring snapped and is no longer connected to his body or he's actually being truthful and he's delusional and thinks that he's still good to go i mean i don't know anymore with this guy remember this is a guy that started out his career super humble and now has turned into the second coming of Antonio Brown who recently uh, went on and said, I I can't believe I didn't get to watch myself play. You know, it would be like watching God do something. I I don't know. The guy is absolutely Looney Tunes, but he's being drafted in the seventh round, Tony. Okay. We haven't seen him since mid 2020. He's got a hurt quarterback. James Winston is not 100% healthy. We know that. The Saints are a question mark on offense. Are you in or out on Michael Thomas in the NFL or in fantasy? Because huh. <clears throat> I'll, I'll give you my answer if you want me to go first. Well, I think for the sake of drama and leaving the viewers in suspense, we should wait for you. I don't think anybody knows what you're going to do here. So I okay. want to wait. I, I'm in. I'm in on Michael Thomas. I know he's a crazy person. Listen. Yeah, tell I, me why. I, I know he's a crazy person. The biggest reason that I'm in on Michael Thomas is because of the upside of Jameis Winston. Uh, I think the two of them pair very well together. I think that, okay, so let's imagine that Michael Thomas was 40 yards down the field and didn't need a hamstring at all. And the ball was near him. Okay? Like in the air. Following me? No hamstring needed. Are you following me in this example? Okay. Which I think James Winston can deliver that. I think he can get the ball close to Michael Thomas, 40 or 50 yards down the field. I think Michael Thomas catches it. Right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I worry about the hamstring. It's a lingering issue. It's gone on for a long time. I'm scared of that. The seventh round... Is your house on fire? Uh, no, the house is not on fire. <laughs> this is the east side, my friend. Continue. Uh, The seventh round is a little bit rich for me. And I think Michael Thomas is a player 
that I say I'm in on, but I won't be drafting any of him. Michael Thomas is a player that I will probably allow somebody else to draft. You've talked about Mm -hmm. this before, Daniel, about taking a late, like with your last couple of picks, you like to go ahead and get ahead of the waiver wire. Mm -hmm. That might be kind of a strategy that I would move towards with Michael Thomas. I think he's a trade target for me. I think he's somebody that I'm really going to like late in the season. The more I watch that Saints team, the more kind of excited I am. I mean, we were down on them in the division. The more I think about it, it could be a lot of fun. You know, it really could be a lot of fun. We don't know what's going on with Alvin Kamara's um, potential suspension. That's a real thing yeah. still. Like, we, we haven't no been clue. talking about that, but that could very well happen. But Chris Olave is present and is good, right? We're excited about that. I mean, if you've got Jar- Michael Jarvis. Jarvis Landry, Michael Thomas, Jarvis Landry, Chris Olave. I mean, come on. Think about that offense, right? And Thomas has proven to be a dominant, dominant receiver. I don't know what's up with his leg. I'm not drafting him in the seventh round. I'm probably not drafting him at all. But he's a guy that I'm in on in the NFL, and he's a guy that in fantasy, I'll probably be trying to trade for as soon as the person who drafted him becomes frustrated and fatigued. I'll want him on my bench now, just to see How long do you think that'll take? I think it'll take two or three weeks. And if it takes any longer than that, then we're all, we're, I'm, then I'm completely wrong. And the man's in the next Antonio Brown. He's going to take his clothes off and flip everybody off and run off the field in the middle of the game. And yeah, I don't know. That right there, just that thought is why I am out on every avenue of Michael Thomas. Fair enough. I, he is, he has turned into this prima donna that he finished, you know, as the wide receiver one in 2019, he got paid. And then ever since then, everything we've heard from Michael Thomas has been like an eye roll comment. Like, Oh my God, dude, just don't say that. (laughs) You know, just, you could, you could have just kept your mouth shut on that. Like I, I can just see an exact replica of an Antonio Brown ending for him. You know, all the, everyone's shocked that they trade him for nothing. And the Steelers come out and tell these stories about how big of a prima donna he is. And everyone's like, oh, my God, I thought he was a team guy. And then everyone's eyes are opened within a year. And we're like, man, the Steelers were the smart ones. I just don't believe uh, he's too much of a prima donna for me. And then being drafted that high and he's already hurt again. He's 29 years old. I, I'm out. I'm out on Michael Thomas in every, every direction. Um, he doesn't have Drew Brees anymore. That was the wide receiver one finish. And um, I, I, I think he, we're, we're, we're seeing the beginning of the end for Michael Thomas. And I hate saying that because in 2019, everyone was like, oh, my gosh, how could it get any better? The best possession receiver. He doesn't drop anything. And then here we are. Two years later, he's working his way out of the league because he, yeah. can't, he can't shut his mouth. I think this is the closest one of everything that we've talked about. I think, honestly, I, I feel like it, it could easily go either way here. I don't know what's going to yeah. happen. Yeah. I'm, I'm definitely not I'm, advocating I'm, for Michael Thomas. I've got another one that I think might go either way for you. Okay, let's you do that. For it? Let's do this. It'll be our last one. You ready? You wanted this to be our last one? Yep. I want it to be our last one. Oh, my gosh. I've got three more guys here. Oh, my God. Well, that'd be an hour-long episode, Daniel. I can't help that you well, had 14 people. Okay, let me pick. Let me pick a guy. Okay. Okay. Um. Okay. I picked. I picked the one that I have out of the three. Okay. You ready? I'm ready. J.K. Dobbins. Ooh. Average draft position. 
Top of the sixth round. Okay. Okay. So six six oh two. I'm gonna pause you here. We're gonna do a thought exercise. Ready? Okay. For the sake of the argument, or not for the sake of the argument, but so that everybody's aware. If you're not already aware, Daniel's the residence Raven Ravens fan. J.K. Dobbins in the sixth round is a guy that I've been really interested in. Daniel, I want you to tell me first off, Daniel, all the reasons why I should not be interested in J.K. Dobbins. Okay. Is that a fun exercise? Do you want to do that? Sure. Okay. Knock her out. I I have been 50-50 on this. I'm a Ravens fan, but I I am, there is zero bias for me in fantasy. I am a, if anything, I'm harder on the Ravens than I am any other team because I'm a fan. Like, my fandom does not get in the way of my fantasy takes. I'll tell you that. You know, I, I, I don't go into a draft thinking I'm going to take any Ravens, really. It's just, like, if Lamar Jackson slides, sure, he's someone that I'm open to just because of his rushing upside. But other than that, J.K. Dobbins has been, like, a 50-50 thought for me. Like, I traded him away in our dynasty league that we're in together. Okay, tell like, me just, why. Just a month ago. Tell me why you're out on him, even if you're not out so, on him. He is a year removed from his ACL tear. Okay. It was last off season. It takes about a year for guys to get back to normal, but until about a week or so ago, we did not hear how it was going. It, we were just left in the dark. No one knew all of a sudden JK Dobbins is not on the pup list. And Gus Edwards, who tore his ACL like a day or two later is on that list. So he's going to miss the first four weeks and J.K. Dobbins is going to seemingly start. But they signed Mike Davis, and they have also what? drafted Tyler Batty. What? Okay, they are loading up the position. They learned last year that if they get caught with no depth at running back to start the year, they are in trouble, and they have to rely on guys like Latavius Murray, washed-up version. You know, Latavius Murray back in the day was pretty good. Um, and Devonta Freeman, okay? So they are loading up on insurance assets at this at the position, okay? Which doesn't make me as comfortable for J.K. Dobbins. Um, his, his touchdown, like what we, what we saw from him in the last of 2020 when Mark Ingram was getting faded out and J.K. Dobbins was coming in, he had seven touchdowns in the last six games, but that is unsustainable. You can't do that. Um, Lamar Jackson doesn't throw to the running back. You have a lot of rushing quarterbacks that just, when they're in distress, they rush. They don't pass. And so when you have a guy that you're taking in the fifth and sixth round, you are taking him because he is a pass catcher or because he, because all the bell cows are gone at that point. So you are taking pass catching running backs or hope that they're pass catching running backs. J.K. Dobbins will not be. I'll tell you that right now. Lamar Jackson doesn't dump it off to the running back. We've we've seen it for two and a half years now. Okay. Okay. So, so J.K. Dobbins is going to have to do what he did on the ground, which this is a good rushing team. Don't get me wrong. But they've also had issues at the offensive line. Ronnie Stanley is still not healthy. They traded away Orlando Brown. They're trying to draft their way into um, getting their offensive line better, which I think they've done an okay job at, but they've signed a couple free agents. But this is not the rushing team of two years ago when they set the rushing record, and then they tried to reset it last year due to Lamar Jackson, but they didn't even get close because he got hurt. 
So this is not the same team of two years ago when the Ravens had the number one seed going into the playoffs. That is my take on J.K. Dobbins. I, I don't think – I think they're going to ease him into the, um, to the lineup, and I think, honestly, as scary as it sounds, Mike Davis will be more involved than we want. It sounds to me like you hate J.K. Dobbins. I love J.K. Dobbins as an athlete. Uh, as you just told me, you just went on for but 10 I, minutes about how much you hated his guts. You know what? I'm going to record that, and I'm sending it to him. I'm going to write him a letter right now, and can't, it'll say, I'm sorry, J.K. Can't I catch the you. ball. Slow. <laughs> fat. I didn't say he can't. I didn't say he can't catch it. Okay, okay. Your points are valid. You, tur- you, you kind of turned me. It. You kind of turned me off a little bit. Uh, I don't mean to do that either. No. So this is a fifty-fifty okay. guy right now. So this is why I loved picking him in this. So let's talk about expectations versus draft cap. Yeah. So wh- okay. what did you say his average draft pick is? Uh, top of the sixth round. Okay. Six oh two. Six oh two. Do you believe yeah. that he's a top twenty-four running back in the league? With given Ooh. everything that you just said, do you think he could perform as top twenty-four? Oh, man, that's such a good line. I want to say yes, but my heart is telling me no. My, because go ahead. at the beginning of the year, because like I said, they're going to ease him back in. He is, he is about like a year and a week removed, like a year and a week and a half removed from the torn ACL. And I heard he had a clean tear, you know, good surgery. Everything went well as planned, but... I feel like they are going to ease him in, mo- you know, very similarly to his uh, rookie season. I don't think that he is going to dominate early. If you, I mean, I, if I had him in fantasy, I'd be scared to death to start him week one. You know, it's kind of a wait and see situation. So I, okay. because I think he's going to start slow, I do not think he will finish as a top twenty-four running back. The more I think about it, it's I'm scary though. Okay, I'm. I'm I'm digging in all the way. I'm buying J.K. Dobbins. I'm buying the run first team. Uh, The ACL injury is something to talk about, but we see this more often with receivers than running backs. With receivers, Mm -hmm. they're still productive the first year after, but they typically lose about, I think it's about 10% of, so they typically operate about 90% of their value as a receiver. And that's because of the demands on the knee for the, the different kinds of routes that are run. So they lose some flexibility there. The, the ACL, you don't lose any power from what I understand. And I'm not a medical doctor. Okay. You don't personally, okay. you don't, I, I, you don't lose no. power, right? You're going to lose some flexibility. You're going to lose a little bit of, um, between the ears, right? You're going to become a little less con- confident, maybe than you sure. were, uh, but you're not going to lose that forward power. And I think that's what he's going to have. The running back position uses that more than anything else. Yes. He's going to have to, yes, he's going to have to be able to cut right and juke left and all that stuff. But the things that you said are against him not being used as a pass catcher, specifically. I mean, those are things that are going to benefit him returning from his ACL injury. I'm going to move yeah. forward with J.K. Dobbins, assuming that he has health, assuming that he's ready to play week one, that he's fully ready to play week one. I'm expecting him to take the, the bulk of the carries on one of the better offenses in football. Um, and, and I say better offenses. I, I think I contribute that to the coach. Lamar Jackson's a real threat. Uh, we'll see what the wide receiver class, what the wide receiver room looks like. I, I, I'm still not convinced that Lamar can, can be a proficient passer, but uh, we'll see. We'll see. I'm open to that. Regardless, 
for a very long time now, Baltimore's had. Wait, they have the number one tight end. Don't forget. They do. Mark have, Andrews. The and number, they drafted Rashad Bateman in the first round last year. You sound like the a fan. A stud. Saying he's the number uh, one tight end. No, no, you you said there's question marks. There definitely is, but there's there's a lot less question marks on this offense than there are on some NFL offenses. I, I believe it's all about expectations. And at the value that you can draft J.K. Dobbins, I see him as a steal. You can draft him as your third or even your fourth running back, and I believe he's a weekly running back two with weekly running back one upside. It wouldn't shock me at all. Would it shock you if we looked up and in week four, which I'm just picking a random week, week mm-hmm. four, J.K. runs for 110 yards and three touchdowns. Would that, shock, would that shock you? No. That's week one. That's a, win, that's a week winning running back that you can draft at the 70th overall pick. I'm taking mm-hmm. him. I'm buying him. I'll do it at that price. A year ago, we were drafting him at, what, the third or fourth round. I wouldn't do that. I wouldn't do yeah. that this year. But at the seventh round... Considering that I'm going to spend six, six round, we've, we've already talked and about, he'll, he'll probably creep up into the fives. What I if wanna, he was in the fifth round? Uh, he was the fifth round and let's say I went a little crazy and I did what we talked about before a uh, Stefan Diggs. Um, I picked a running back and like, let's say Stefan Diggs, Nick Chubb got Zachards on the team. Right. And now I need another running back. Yeah. I'd take JK Dobbins as my RB two, quite happily. hundred percent. That was my question. Would you be comfortable with J.K. Dobbins as your RB2? I would. I would. And there's a couple guys later. We didn't talk about those. We can. But there are some guys later in the draft. Uh, let's save that for another show. But what if, what if, hypothetical, what if you went zero RB tactic, okay, and did not draft a running back early and J.K. Dobbins was your number one what, uh, running back? You, what do you feel about that? I would feel okay with that, except you can't draft J.K. Dobbins in the seventh round and say you went zero RB. That's not zero RB. But I would be okay with that if he was my first running back on a zero RB strategy full of nothing but quarterback, tight end, wide receiver. Yeah, I'd do it. Yeah. Be shaking in my boots. Well, yeah, zero RB is terrifying, bro. Well, sometimes it, you know, it looks a little nicer on paper. Well, this is not a year that I'd be going after zero RB. Correct. You could do it. I second, I'm sure it will be done. And I'm sure it will be done successfully. I will not be doing that this year. Uh, and I don't encourage you know, the work league. I did it last year. I didn't draft a running back. Well, I, th- I think zero RB, it really depends on the league. Cause I didn't, I didn't take a running back until the fifth round. And I feel like your first four guys that are drafted without a running back. I mean, that's not zero RB, but that's super light running back. Yeah, that's light running back, but definitely not zero RB. Also remember that part about how I won that league last year and you didn't, yeah. You know, yeah, yeah, yeah. Someone gave it to you, but that's fine. It's true. <laughs> all right. That's all I've got. Do you have anything else, Daniel? Uh, got a couple more players, but we can explore those on a later date. Let's save them. We'll save them for another day. Okay. We'll do it. There you have it. You've been listening to Huddle Up, a football podcast. Subscribe on your favorite platform and follow us at Huddle Up NFL and at Commissioner Mister on Twitter to keep up on the latest from the NFL and stay in the huddle. Huddle Up. Team on three. One, two, three. Three.